guys, and welcome back to Induction Noise, the bonus episode. Um, today, we are slightly more than our usual number. Uh, I am, of course, Mr. Q, and with me, as always, is Andre. Hello. Niku. How's it? Neil. Afternoon. And today, for the first time, we welcome Stephen, our sponsor from Master Panel Beaters. <laughs> so the the kind of purpose of this uh, bonus episode is basically to give Stephen some feedback on uh, what we've done, uh, and also to give you a little bit of a behind the scenes look uh, at how this all happens. Um, because despite it seeming very very organized and highly professional. Uh, it really isn't. <laughs> um, you know, we, we were supposed to start this at around two o'clock ish. It is now what quarter to five. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even see the car. <laughs> so, uh, a little bit behind schedule. We got talking know, about alphas again. We yeah, got talking about alphas. And, and then Neil just... abused me and Andre. And you know, Stephen's also an alpha guy. So he chose the wrong day to So the alpha guys alphas. were being victimized again. But yeah. it's, you know, I thought like I showed a lot of interest in the topic. So like, I feel like yeah, and we I tried contributed to, help to you, it. You know? we, no, basically, Neil right. was patronizing us about our alphas. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... Uh, moving swiftly on. <laughs> moving swiftly on, indeed. <laughs> So, um, not Suzuki Swiftly, though. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, from from my side, from behind the scenes, from from where I can actually see the numbers and see the interactions on social media and everything that happens that the general public wouldn't necessarily notice. Um, I can honestly tell you guys that. Induction noise in my book has been a massive success. Um, I think we have had much bigger numbers than I personally thought we would have. Um, and although it might not sound huge for something that is quite niche um, and quite sort of out there for South Africa's market still, um, our numbers are pretty damn healthy. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. How we got here in the first place is obviously uh, we all know that Cobbs and Coffee has a unique funding structure for a business in that uh, I pay for everything. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that's necessarily unique, but it's, it's, it's not a great business model. Um, it, sounds, it, it almost sounds like you're a drug dealer, but you don't sell a lot of drugs. I use it's a like lot a of drugs. <laughs> like a drug dealer who doesn't sell anything. So yeah, the, it's like my it's my like my professional racing career. <laughs> I've been sponsoring it forever. <laughs> You're sponsoring yourself. That's that's yeah. that's back proper, yourself. That's bro. proper yeah. back. back uh, yourself, and then you though, end man. up with bruised ribs, eh? Yeah, yeah back ribs. yourself and get hurt. <laughs> Story of my life. We'll, we'll get to your uh, recent injuries later on as well, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but basically, the podcast was uh, it was kind of forced on me in a way, because um, I kept sort of 
throwing out the question of how are we going to fund this thing? Because I don't want to kill carbs and coffee off just because it's not making any money. And the idea was thrown at me that, you know, if you start a podcast, you can get sponsorship on board and the sponsorship can basically pay for carbs and coffee and the podcast and it would sort of carry itself. Um, I was highly skeptical of this idea because every single other thing that had been suggested through carbs and coffee, it just died instantly. It, it, it's a great platform. It's a great community, but the support of the platform itself is appalling. Quite frankly, I mean, we, Cornet and I sat for hours and hours and hours working out how to do certain things because we were told Cobbs and Coffee needs to, to do what Sentimental does. We need to sell these packages with, with photographers to do photo shoots with your car and that kind of thing. So Cornet and I sat and we worked out all these packages. I spent several days coding this complicated package uh, configuration thing into the website, building it all. And we eventually said, okay, well, to, to sort of kickstart this thing and launch the product, the first, uh, the first photography package that gets ordered will be given away for free. Do you want to know how many we've sold? One, not the first one. The free one is still available if anyone's interested. <laughs> we have not sold a single one. So your marketing, After, your marketing would probably shit because I didn't know about this. No, no, no. no. Yeah. The marketing was on I'm point. Happy to everyone, take it. everyone yeah. knew about this, and everyone requested it. I think we had like, like I've got, I think I've got like fifty emails from people saying, "Oh, you should definitely do this. You should definitely do this. We would be so interested in doing this." And when we started doing it, no one cared. We just never sold one. Were we um, speaking about XC90s at that point? No, we were not talking about XC90s. But uh, okay. yeah, it's, I it's just, say that could have sidetracked it yeah. a bit. And there, yeah. were, there were other things like that where people went, made suggestions and we tried them and it just didn't work. So I was honestly very skeptical that the podcast would work. Um, but I figured, what the hell, I've got a fully-fledged kitted out recording studio in my house because I used to be a sound engineer and I'm quite into music and I still record myself playing all kinds of stupid things. <clears throat> so I thought we've got this running the podcast is not going to cost a massive amount of money. Um, it's just going to be time and effort. So if it can generate enough money to pay for carbs and coffee and the podcast and just at least keep the platform alive, then great. As it turns out, it's it's definitely done that, and because season one was so successful, uh, you know, we we honestly we we priced it very low. I think you four guys know, well, you three guys and Stephen, you now know, we we priced it quite cheap uh, for sponsorship because we had no proof of concept. We we had no idea whether this was going to work or not. You took a big gamble on us, and I want to say a huge thank you to you. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Stephen. Because without you, obviously, this wouldn't have happened. And now, the numbers. Um, in terms of followers, not many. Because 
people will listen to podcasts and stuff on Spotify without actually clicking the follow button. Um, so I think in terms of followers, there's like 50 or 60 followers on the thing, which is not massive, but you know, it, it's kind of one of those statistics that doesn't matter. Um, the one that was quite impressive to me is that within the time frame um, of the first episode dropping, before the second episode came out, the first episode had, I think it was 150 to 160 full listens. So the way that I pulled the stats out, I don't count people who click on the thing and then go out of it. I, I only really counted people who the real listens. listened to the whole thing. Um, and then Spotify only counts a listen as anyone who's listened to it for at least 10 minutes. Um, but I still sort of discount those because it's not the whole show. It makes a big difference. Um, and I was told, expect your first episode to do well the second episode will do badly because people will listen to the first episode and decide whether it's for them or not. The guys who don't like it won't come back for the second one. Our second episode did better than the first one. The third one did better than the first two put together. Mm. Um, and it just kept building and building and building to the point and, where now... But I think if we're honest, the, the show's also... The show's got better. We got a bit better in terms of just being a bit more polished and we had no idea what we were doing with the first show. We still have no idea. We still have no idea, but at least we know what we did wrong with the first show. We just act a bit better now. Talked about Camrys, that was what we did. Don't bring it back, please. Andre still struggles to turn up on time, as does... In fact, all all of you have been late at some yeah. point or another. The only reason Mr. Q isn't late is because it's at his house, yeah. so he doesn't have anywhere to go. I have to come all the way down the stairs. That is like serious travel, right? Not there. really, because you can open your garage from your phone. Yeah, but I still have to get here. So, so, so if I remember correctly, I was called lazy because I don't like a convertible when you need to press a button. So he can open his garage without touching anything. He just uses his phone. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so to date, uh, as we sit here, Spotify as a platform is showing 1,060 complete listens uh, of our episodes. It's almost uh, HD. It's almost 1080. Almost. Yeah, and, and, to, and to clarify, that's from start to finish. That's not yeah. in between. Apple is showing around 300 complete streams. Uh, and Amazon doesn't give me too much information as to how much of an episode someone listened to, but they're showing 200 streams on there. <clears throat> so in total, we're looking at somewhere in the region of 1,500 streams, which for a niche, That's small decent. market, first-time effort... Can fill a small school. Exactly. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like... Um, it's not like people have stopped streaming it. I mean, these numbers are already higher than they were last night. People are still downloading and listening to the shows, uh, and the first episodes are still ticking over. So, you know, people who start listening to the first episodes are now trickling through the rest of the episodes, so the numbers are still going up on all of them. Um, what was very, very, very cool for me was in our first episode, our retention rate through the episode dropped significantly i mean 
Um, so in the first sort of two minutes of the show, we had obviously 100% of the audience. And then from like three or four minutes on, it dropped to like 30 or 40% that kept listening to the rest of the show. So that was quite bad. Camry. It was the camera. <laughs> the camera <laughs> topic, yeah. It was, it was Neil's list, so, you know. <laughs> there were no alphas on the list. Oh. There, there were no alphas on the list. The cars were a bit heavy. and. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be unique than be a sheep. <laughs> so, shout, so shout out to those 40% that kept on you, the real OGs. <laughs> the real OGs. Screw mainstream um, media. Yeah, he's, exactly. he, he's indicating after the drag racing for you. People for you, not anyone else. So, okay, so despite the poor retention rate in the first episode, of Neil's episode, in, in <laughs> Neil's in Neil's episode, I knew this um, was going to come. <laughs> it was just lucky to draw. I lucky to draw this short straw for the first episode. We're going to have to pay him so much to come back for season two. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm leaving for Top Gear. I have to tell you guys. I've been offered a job. So, including Neil's episode, which obviously drags the average down, our current retention rate throughout the season for, for all episodes is over 70%. Wow. That's, that's massive. That's massive. Yeah. So, massive. 70% of people who start listening to an episode will listen to it to the very end. Which is, you know, that's better than most podcasts of any kind. Uh, never mind stuff that's uh, a little bit niched. So if you take all of those things into account and ignore the numbers that we can't trace because the Apple and Amazon pro, uh, their platforms don't allow me to pull the stats out the way that Spotify does. Um, and also Spotify has a lot of stuff that takes up to like certain stats will update live and other stuff will take up to a week to update before it actually gives you the real figures. Uh, as we sit here today, I guesstimate that we have roughly 62,500 streaming minutes on Jeez. our podcast. That's a lot of minutes. That's a lot That's of minutes. minutes. <laughs> That's a lot of So, minutes. yeah. That is way more and way better than I ever expected this show to go. And all I can say is thank you to you three guys who joined me on this trip. And obviously to Stephen, a massive thank you. Um, because, yeah, without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. And now we've got coming on for 63,000 minutes of streaming. Yeah. Um, and on on a platform that we'd never tried before. Yeah, and and look, the the numbers and everything's cool, and that's cool for something to to show to someone like like you, Stephen. You obviously need to see your your return investment of what you have, etc. But for us, for uh, let's be honest, it's just been a damn droll. It's, We've just it's, been having fun. <laughs> We're fun. just yeah. having fun. We don't, We're just it's, talking nonsense once a month. So like, it's it's good to get serious, etc. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's. So yeah. awesome! If we've, it was if it was five hundred streams, it would have still been cool. Yeah, we, we've honestly it's just, just had some fun. If somebody's interested in listening to it, we're happy. Um, and I mean, we also need to. I mean, we 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 take uh, we take a lot of uh, t t take the mic quite a bit. But I mean, we also need to thank you 
for uh, you know the late nights yeah. and the sometimes very early mornings. Yeah. Uh, when 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 <laughs> when Mr. Q gets his dates wrong, um, and he has to you know get up in the the very early hours of the morning to record a theme tune. Uh, you know, record it, edit the stuff, and yeah. get it out in the same day. That's uh, so. Yeah, that was that was probably a big mistake on my part. Um, <laughs> starting this this whole season, saying that I'm going to record every a unique theme song for every single episode, and we're going to re- release weekly every Friday. Uh, as it turns out, with a day job and a toddler, not the easiest thing to do. Um, and we're so, useless. We can't help with it. <laughs> so how it usually went, um, we would every Sunday, well, not every Sunday, but every like every couple of Sundays, we would get together like this. Uh, we'd start in the morning and we'd aim to finish late by lunchtime. Sometimes. Late, late morning sometimes, like when Niku has to chase a cat or Andre oversleeps or Neil... Takes two hours to drive from gardens to here. <clears throat> yeah, Neil got distracted Never by for a, a, for a podcast or really, so I've been late, but not for recording. Always been here on time for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's actually. It sounds a bit like <laughs> yes. Tom Curry, but you know, let's just, let's just move on from there. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> Tony Undercount is over. And uh, yeah, we, we'd aim to finish just after lunch and we'd end up recording until like six o'clock in the evenings. And then during the week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, I would spend editing, mixing, getting the, the sound right because sound quality was always going to be important to me. Uh, no one else really seems to care as long as they can hear what we're saying, but I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to sound and it does mm. make a difference right it does so, make a difference. so i mean mm. we all say we don't care but you can definitely hear the difference to just l- listening to someone recording something on a you know that, that seems to be recorded on a, on a whatsapp uh, you know kind of yeah. audio clip <laughs> it's podcast, just a voice note but um, <laughs> actually being recorded in a proper studio so you can really hear the difference i mean yeah and i mean uh, you you will have also noticed uh, a change in the sound quality at one stage because we went from using two uh, very high-end studio mics and two dynamic stage mics um, to using four proper condenser mics um, for the studio. Uh, my voice might sound a little bit different today because I'm now using one of the old mics again because we just don't have that many mics in here. Um, but yeah, the the sound quality was very important. So I spent hours and hours and hours mixing and making sure that the levels were right. And sometimes, you know, because it's late at night, I still got that wrong. I know there was one or two episodes where some of the voices were way louder than others, um, <clears throat> which I sort of cringe about every time I go and listen to one of the old ones. Um, and then Thursday nights were usually the cram session where I have to come in here and I have to record music that I have to either write and produce or parody some gangster rap song. That was a fun one. That was a hell of a lot that of fun. So you, fun. You did enjoy uh, it. I mean, you did enjoy the recording the music I, part, I, I, right? Fun. We really enjoyed um, listening to it. Yes. And yeah, then, then it sort of 
two, three o'clock in the morning, I would send pictures to to the WhatsApp group, telling them I hate Boys, my life. Boys, it's dropping now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boys, it's ready. I'm uploading. <laughs> I'm uploading now, and it's like three in the morning, and like, okay, I'm going to bed now. I was normally still awake at three, like doing. Yeah, me, yeah, 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 yeah. Both, hey? We would all like, hey, <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a grueling schedule. But we managed to get an episode out every week. Yeah. Even if one was late and one very nearly missed the deadline. <laughs> mm. But we all uh we all got it out there. Yeah. Um so I'm glad to hear that you guys enjoyed making the show. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too crap for you. Yeah, with all think, the late nights. No, it wasn't too bad, you know. I think I think uh Maybe after the Honda episode of uh, I don't even know, like I think I think some of the abuse me and Neil gave him was was cut out completely in one of the episodes. You yeah, know? Like, oh, think, that was why it was much shorter. Yeah, that, like, you know, some <laughs> of the yeah, abuse was like was, a, was yeah. missing. That's the thing. If you're doing decided, the editing right, you yeah. can kind of decide yeah. what see, you want to keep in. And 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 from that episode, I think you were just went, you know, screw these guys, you know. So there's there's <laughs> also quite a lot of stuff now, including a full episode that we never released. Um, but there's there's quite a lot of footage on my on my studio machine that I can cut together um, to make like a behind the scenes reel, looper reel, like a montage episode, like a like a montage. So, episode. I mean, Neil always came through with the goods after every episode. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. he always has these one liners dropping like, off to every, everyone. Every every single time, he always said the episode ends. As it I ends, thought, okay. He, well, every time I get to the edit and I'm like, okay, this episode I'm going to end properly. When we say this is the end of the episode, I'm going to end the episode. And then Neil comes up with some, you know, that was a rovey in my always comes through with some, with some Afrikaans uh, line that he drops at the end that you can't I'm, I'm, just, I'm staying quiet from now. And just walking out of the class quiet. But I think uh, we should also, you know, thank the thank all the listeners, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's yeah, been of spending all this yeah, time I listening mean, to us and... Because it's quite nerve-wracking, right? I mean, I, I was super stressed hearing my voice for the first time and hearing your own ramble, rambling yeah. on. And um, I actually felt like after we got a bit of a chirping here and there on some of the platforms, it actually felt, okay, cool. Well, it's like a rite of passage, right? Yeah, so, where, yeah. People are listening to what we're saying. Yeah, so we're ruffling some feathers there. Yeah, you know? so it's, it's quite cool to, to, uh, to, to see and to hear that. And uh, yeah, really, thank you for everyone that's been along this journey and all the comments, right? Yeah. It's, um Hope back. you guys enjoy it again. Except for that one, one guy who made that comment about my Honda S2000. You yeah. know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I deleted the comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, not not to put you on the spot here, but um, we're going to put you on the spot. We're going to put that's, you on that's the spot. The, that's the premise for putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how we roll in in induction noise. Um, We've all come in here and, and told cool stories about our cars and our car histories and stuff. Uh, so now it's your turn, Stephen. H- how did you get into cars? How did you start fixing them and panel beating them? And was it out of necessity of crashing your own car and then having <laughs> to fix it? <laughs> or, or what happened? Okay, you, I, um, I'm just gonna... I thought this was going to be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> Talk as much as you like. You can edit it. Uh, okay. <laughs> closer. Shall I just move closer? Yeah, yeah, just... Pull it closer. There we go. Sweet. There we go. Okay. Well, before I start rambling about my my background, um, yeah, you guys thank me so so nicely for for sponsoring the the episodes. But um, 
from my my angle on the whole thing was um, it was an absolute no brainer when you said to me, would you would you maybe be interested? It was didn't didn't require any business decision whatsoever because I've from day one um, received such good support from the carbs and coffee crowd. Um, so those of you who are hopefully listening. Um, Thanks for all the support you guys you, have given you've us. You've kind of become the official Cobbs and Coffee panel beater. Yeah. Yeah. So, Even before the podcast, that was <laughs> <laughs> just cemented it. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, I basically bought into the into the shop, and just shortly after that, Cobbs and Coffee started, and I immediately got support from the platform. Um, and at that stage, it was you know it was a business that was like barely breaking even, um, and there was just always just when you think it's getting a little bit quieter somebody phones or messages from from the carbs and coffee coffee group so it was just it was the it was a no-brainer it was my way of saying thanks you know plus the whole concept to me is very exciting because i mean i'm also a petrol head yeah you know so it was just it's lacquer um so it was a no-brainer thing i wanted to say thank you for the support and uh listening to the podcast as from i want to say as art outsider but i mean as a listener as a listener uh at literally from episode one uh after we got past the camrys i'll do anything it takes to get a season two sponsor don't, don't <laughs> Should we just leave you two in the padded room? And I'll just <laughs> so, I mean, for me, from episode one to episode two, it was like this quantum leap. Uh, and you could just hear every episode, you guys were just getting more and more comfortable. Um, and the banter was just getting better. And it was like, just, you know, can, when's the next episode coming out, you know? So, I mean, every as Friday. A, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's got to do with running a panel shop, but you lose concept of time. <laughs> so that's how you, it's, it's become your calendar. That's how it's yeah. oh, There's a new episode. It means it's at the end of the week. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well done, guys. Yeah, it, it, can only get, it can only get better from here. Um, because, yeah, it's just been epic, I think. I really, I mean, I enjoy every single episode. Uh, and I'm a little even bit... the one with the Camry. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought, well, it can only get better. <laughs> we set the standards low, but we start I, off slow. But I, I think what's what's also interesting is 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 I'm also listening to some some you know overseas podcasts, mm. and I've listened to some local podcasts and stuff. Um, and I think the thing is, we are really just four mates talking nonsense about cars, mm. right? I mean. You know, sometimes there's some sense in there. Sometimes there's, there's facts in there. Sometimes, you know, we need... Sometimes we go into Wikipedia. <laughs> sometimes sometimes Neil goes into Wikipedia. Sometimes... Uh, Someone has to fact check you a lot, so it's fine. <laughs> some, so, sometimes Neil goes to Wikipedia and still gets the, the world war wrong, but, you know, <laughs> that happens. Um, but uh, I think I think the main thing is we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yes. You know, we are here not to tell you this is the be-all and end-all and this is what you have to know about cars or this is what you... You know, this is the right way or whatever. We're here to give our opinions, talk some nonsense, you know, and also get some feedback from the community. Guys will tell us, you know, we think you're talking nonsense and it's cool. You know, you are completely entitled to a wrong opinion, you know. So that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's just the thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of what makes carbs and coffee great because there's such a, an eclectic mix of petrol heads. We've got guys who are into drifting. We've got guys who are into drag racing. We've got guys who are into 
tuning shopping trolley mom wagons and going racing with them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they must like, have the right gearbox, though. It, needs they to must, have the automatic it must be the automatic manual. because the, the manual's a bit, yeah. you got to have the auto. Um, so, you know, there's like this huge mix of people. Everyone's going to have different opinions. But at the end of the day, we're all petrol heads. We all love cars. And... Uh, you know, Except for those drop things, you can't the, like oh, no, those we, guys that break the suspensions and like the. I, I, I hey, I'll paint this. those as well. Yeah. You can, <laughs> yeah. We'll send them your way before we offend them. We'll, we'll send them your way, and you can maybe just put a lift kit on them or something <laughs> and fix the suspension them for them, please. Yeah. While you're fixing it, just include the suspension <laughs> fix and point your quotes. I think we just lost all of our Stance Works audience. They just went off and started oh, yeah. listening to. <laughs> Chris Harris again. One can hope. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I said, I, I, I said what I said. <laughs> the following program contains certain images that we do not, it's not It not may trigger stunt people. I said what I said and I stand by so, it. Uh, Stephen, another question for you. I mean, in, in your line of work, you obviously get to see some pretty banged up and bent up cars. But you obviously get to talk to the customers as well. And there must be some very interesting stories of how this car ended up in your shop in the state that it's in. Because I can only imagine what the insurance claim form diagrams must look like <laughs> on some of those. But I mean, what what are some of the most interesting cases you've had of cars that came in with damage that just couldn't be explained in any logical kind of way well generally they don't give me an explanation that i believe for one moment <laughs> <laughs> it's not your job to ask it's, it's your job, job to fix it i just fix it i just fix it so uh, but yeah um the rewarding thing is uh look we what 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 puts the bread on the table and occasionally on a good month the jam is generally your everyday runabout run-of-the-mill appliances um, that we fix. Um, but we do have the pleasure, and I think I could almost call it a privilege from now on to every now and then. Well, I think pretty much at any time we do have a couple of special cars in the shop which are their own. We as car guys understand the pride and joy thing. Um, and it's always lacquer to be able to turn a car around and give it back to the client and see their eyes light up. Yeah. Um, I think the car that mostly, <clears throat> that will always be, well, at this stage is the best example of that is we had a 72 um, Camaro. Oh, yes. That came in. Um, very that special black car. One. That black one, which wasn't that, actually that, black. It was a dark was, brown, right? Yeah, like it was a, a special. brown thing. Yes, it was. It looked almost black when it came in. Um but it was actually a very special factory color. I wish I could remember the name, but it, we found the original color under one of the fenders and we managed to mix it up. Uh, I thought it looked, we should be right. And when the owner came in, the look on his face was just, he said, you've got it exactly right. Um, special car, the owner, I don't know, he's quite an elderly gentleman. He bought the car as a student, brand new oh. from the factory in the USA. He specced it. He ticked every single thing on that list. Um, and then what happened was he was out for a Sunday drive and some other dude in a shopping 
far decided he wants... He, oh, this is where he actually wanted to stop for the wine tasting and hit the anchors. And there was a five-car pileup and the Camaro was right at the back. And it's a 72. It's never going to stop. Unfortunately, no. even like the Fortuna that he ran into. <laughs> um, and so the gentleman really thought his car, his car was written off. Um, and through a old school friend of mine who happens to be a, his broker, um, I got a picture one morning, can you fix this? And I replied, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it might cost more, but I can fix it. <laughs> anything um, is possible. Anything is possible, <laughs> yes. And I actually drove out to, because they've got a couple of farms out uh, in um, Feigeboom. And I actually, I drove out and went and looked at the car and it looked terrible. But there was no structural damage. Mm. And even if there was, we do have the facilities to fix it. And the nice thing is every single part on that car just about is available new from the USA. Wow, wow. that's amazing. Yeah. You that don't get that with every, absolutely uh, amazing. with every car. Um, the only part that wasn't available new, the guy that I used to source the parts for me, uh, well, it was available new when we quoted on it, and then it, it went out of uh, stock. Out of stock. And he managed to find me a second-hand pot, uh, which was a little bit rough. It was quite badly rusted, but I said, just bring it. And I had it aqua-blasted, and the really bad parts we actually cut out of the original. Fortunately, the original one wasn't mangled, so we cut them all out, and we you made one out of one the out two. Of a, one yeah, out and two, it was yeah. perfect. Um, and, yeah, so my deal was basically we fixed the car, we primed it and we fully assembled it because the parts on that car were came to about 120,000 rand it was an insurance claim so I fortunately had a good have a good relationship with a um, assessor and with the client I said listen can we assemble because he wanted the full respray then on the car I said can mm. we just assemble this car and you take it for a drive and you sign it off and then we'll take it all apart again and paint it but anyway um, when the day that I went to see him he was quite emotional when I said to him, I can actually fix this car. Because he expected it was gone, right? Yeah. He thought it was gone. Uh, and I said, no, I can... And how long has the car been standing at that point? Like, how long ago... It wasn't that long. Okay. It was It was a couple of weeks from... Okay, I'm cool. not sure. So but it's not it like it was a car standing weeks. for <laughs> months or years. But no, the wind no. was still deep. The wind yeah, yeah, was yeah. very deep. It was still fresh. It was, it was very deep. Um, I mean, imagine you buy a car in 1972 as a student, and this is your pride and joy, and... It's, you think and it's then gone. disaster strikes. Yeah. Um, and Miku's got a story like that. <laughs> We've never heard that story yeah. before. So, my poster call. <laughs> and back to the Kawara. So, yeah, so anyway, then the day he came to fetch it, just to see his face was just, was just awesome. You know. Yeah, that's, kinda, that's special, you know. right? And, and I think one of the things that we also... I don't know if we, we translated well throughout the, the episodes, is that, that, you know, for us, cars is part of our life. Absolutely. For all of us, mm. we're petrol heads. Cars, cars are not just things. It's not just like, oh, cool, mm. you know, I like to you know, buy some object or, you know, some assets or whatever mm. it is. For us, it's, a, it's, it's something that you're excited about. You know, our dream cars, when that car gets written off, same with you, Niku, yeah. like we just said, you're, you know, when you saw that car being written off, I mean, it's, it's, it hurts because yeah. we've, got, we've got relationships with these things. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it, you know, it's because we're car people, we have different standards. And, you know, even, even if my car has a scratch on it, it, it 
physically pains me every time I have to see it. But, you know, you ask a normal man in the street, does this bother you? And they'll say no. And then you get someone who will just take a brush and touch it up and it's fixed. It's fine. Mm. For most people, that's perfectly acceptable. For us, that's like, (laughs) can't deal. (laughs) It needs to be right. (laughs) And, you know, that's not not just to throw more smoke up Uranus, but (laughs) that's the reason that we, I mean, for complicated reasons i can't say who we are but that's why we use steven these days for most of the repairs that we do uh, on on cars um that's why my car is going to steven as soon as uh bid food decide to settle the third party claim against their truck driver who decided to hit my car and then bugger off um <laughs> well i think we all want I mean, to all, use steven all, all, all of us have been here at one point or another. Rev, i want to do the bonnet on my spider well steven steven's done a lot of work on my dad's car my dad's yeah. beautiful black uh, mafia wagon. Your BM um, was there. Yeah. So what? What do you, I have? Mean, like a question between because, uh, because I think a lot of people have, you know, no, body you can't shops. Have a have, claim now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some work I need to have done. Like, what is the in in for for body for body shops? What what would you say is the distinguishing factor for 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 mass penalties? Because we all, I think, everyone has you know everyone has seen the results of the work and your craftsmanship and the the the, the sort of personalized touch that you that you have with with your customers. That stands out, right? Mm. Um, but also in terms of the, quali- the quality, what would you say is the distinguishing factor uh, f- between, I mean, I, can, I guess I can use master panel beaters and sort of a run-of-the-mill shop. Is there something that you would say from being in the industry for some time that you do differently and that you believe in or a philosophy or what is your sort of approach with that? It's a couple of things. Um, <clears throat> and, I can't, and I think it's maybe a, the combination of those things. Um, where we started off was, as I said, it was a, it was a master's old shop but sort of got left behind, as it were, uh, amongst the big franchise groups and so on and so on and so on. So um, my thing when I came in was um, I'm going to look after the car guys because Mm. you fix somebody's white Corolla, for whom it's just an appliance like a fridge, um, they'll enjoy good service, but, as you explained, just move on. And they're not likely to talk about it. But fix a car guy's car and surprise him with the results. He's going to tell everybody who cares to listen. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And the people with the white Corollas, who actually, who I actually make a living out of because that's the volume, who do they ask me to take their car to? Their car friends. They, they ask the car guys. Mm. So that's been... That recipe has definitely worked. Um, and, you know, I can do a major, major, major repair on a run-of-the-mill vehicle and post pictures of it and people say, okay, wow, that's quite impressive. Um, but it's the old cars and the special, the special cars yeah. that when I post a clip on Instagram that gets all the likes. So mm. that's the one thing. The other thing is also, we are the little guys. You know what? So I need that business. So I need to look after my clients, and that client is my client. And um, I th- apart from the fact that it's a very nice vibe, which I think everybody, have, anybody who's been in the shop will notice, yeah. we're a nice vibe. Um, 
we have countless times a week we have people walking in with a quote from one of the big names down the road and say, here's the quote, please beat, please beat it so that we can bring the car to you. And that I must give the credit to my people, my guys in the front desk, the way they handle the clients when they come in. Um, and you know what? No, I can't claim it's because we do every job 100%, 100% of the time. <laughs> I wish I could say that, but we don't because we're human. Yeah. Um, but if we get it, if if we do get something wrong, we'll fix it. It's, it I think it's a, the, the big thing for me these days to any kind of, anyone I want to deal with in, in business or service provider or anything is, is can I trust this place? Mm -hmm. Is can I trust wherever I'm taking my car or wherever I'm you know, buying something. To me, that's the most important thing. I'll pay more somewhere if I know that I can trust these guys as my trusted advisor or having something done here. And how do you deal with it? Like you said, how do you deal with, if something goes wrong, something goes wrong in a process or there's an issue or whatever, how do you deal with that? You just go like, Meh, you know, sorry, it's already seven days past, whatever, you know, not my problem, I'm not touching yeah. it. Mm. Or you're saying, oh, let, let me see how I can help you, you know, mm. and, and yeah, that's. But that that's also a good point. I mean, Yes, it's satisfying to pay your bills at the end of the month, but it's so much more satisfying being able to help somebody. So much more so somebody that another shop hasn't been interested in helping. And they walk in and they say, and you say, yeah, we'll make, we can make a plan. I was going to say, actually, because the, the number of times I've walked into your shop and seen cars there and seen projects and various sort of, states of completion <clears throat> there's a lot of work that you guys take on that i think a lot of the bigger shops would turn down or they deliberately quote ridiculous prices on so that they don't get the work um like a lot of the older cars and and the restoration work mm. and stuff that you guys do i think there's a lot of shops out there that just don't want to do that stuff they prefer to do the corollas do the sausage factory stuff because there's less comebacks, there's more volume, and they can just push them through and make money. Um, it's a numbers game. Yeah. It's a numbers game. It's very much numbers. Um, but you guys will take on those projects, mm. the the passion projects, the the stuff that you know you know from the start you're probably not going to make a hell of a lot of money out of. But this guy's going to end up with an awesome car mm. at the end of the day, um, and that's quite cool for the car community. Um, that you guys are still willing to do those kind of jobs because it's stuff that's necessary um, and someone's got to do it, but it, it's just sad that the, the sort of more corporate shops don't want to touch it. But, but then we have more, more people like Stephen, luckily, right? I mean, that's the, yeah. which puts the, puts the niche out there. Because I, I personally, I hate leaving my car somewhere. Like, I, I, I'm the type of guy if, if, the guy, if, that, if the shop calls me and says, you need to leave your car here for a couple of days. I, I, I'm the guy that asks, where is it going to stand? Who's going to drive it? You know, like I, I lie awake at night thinking like, is it standing outside? Is it standing inside? I know it's pathetic, but I think it's nice if you know that <laughs> if, it's a, if it's someone that's also an enthusiast and, and interested in it, it gives you as the customer a lot more peace of mind as well. Also, you you, you've yeah. got to be careful leaving your car in Montague Gardens because I hear there's a couple of sinkholes there and yours is quite heavy. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe, maybe I was parked there. All you know. <laughs> <laughs> JP Smith, somewhere in, a, <laughs> somewhere in a hole in Montague Gardens is a 350Z. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's like you said, you, you, you care a lot about your car and you want the people who work on your car and who, you know, spend time well. with it to mm -hmm. care in the same way. 
So that makes a big difference. But Mm. I can fully understand that because um, in the shop environment, you know, it's it's going like this all day long. Mm. Okay. And when I first started there, I'm also one of these guys, you can ask, you know, I think she's still sitting there and she's got bored with our ramblings. No, um, she's still there. <laughs> uh, you know, um, our kids weren't allowed to eat in the car, um, da, 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 that sort of that sort of thing. So it was like, and nobody else drives my car. Nobody, no. And I started, with, and the guys would come in, and I realized I can't actually say to my guys, no, you're not allowed to not allowed to move my car to get another one out because it's just, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to. But. And I reached the stage where I started realizing these oaks are actually cool. Mm. Um, and also, I've managed to, they now also understand the whole car culture thing, which they didn't. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> funny story. And I'm and I'm going off on my own tangent, but just after I started there and I brought the first r- wrecked 105 coupe, um, closest to a generic term, I think. Um, a junior. I heard, oh, a we, junior. We talked about a junior. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. It's an alpha... It's a it's junior. A, Leave it <laughs> series. One of could play. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh. so um, <laughs> that was like our. Oh, that was like an impossible, impossible. That the guys, my friends and club members, and said, "You're crazy. Just throw this thing away." Um, and it's become one of the showpieces of what we could actually do. Um, but my guys told me afterwards. Uh, my workshop manager actually said to uh, one one of his colleagues. He he told me he'd said this. He said. Um, and um, <clears throat> now they actually understand the old car thing and they get excited when an old car comes in in a special Ferrari or whatever. Um, so they've gotten onto it. Anyway, so what I want to say is the nice thing is they've bought into it. Mm. So much so that a couple of Saturdays ago, one of them, after working overtime in the morning, his car broke down. Um, and they... They phoned the mates. They came back to the shop to fetch the tow rope. And I felt perfectly comfortable giving the keys of my Jeep to my workshop manager and say, listen, don't tow him with your car. There's the Jeep. Go fetch him. Bring him back to the shop. So that's the amount of faith I actually have in my in in my guys. Not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but the guys that are going to actually be climbing behind the wheel. That's so, a nice skills development for them as well, right? I mean, <laughs> versus working on generic cars to have, have an yeah. opportunity to work on these sort of... Absolutely. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a skills development as yeah. well, right? And so. the thing is, they've come, um, some of the shows, the, the Alpha show at Lawrenceford, mm-hmm. um, a whole bunch of them came, and I organized that they come through and have a look at it. And you just see the difference it makes when, when they see... It's not just another, sorry, I keep on referring Mm. to the white Corolla, but I mean, this is a car that I've had a part in that is now standing on show. It's being appreciated by so many people. And people are standing around this car and looking at it. Yeah, Yeah. taking photos. Um, And we just sent, uh, we just finished a a junior (laughs) that's on its way to Oz. Um, And I actually had everybody, everybody pose outside with with a car because the owner said he'd like to see who worked on his car. That's cool. And sent off the photos, and it left. The next guy, uh, ex- the next morning, um, he actually not only paid the last bill, but he added in an extra amount. He said, "Please, guy, buy your buy your guys some pizzas and beer." Oh, that's well, I didn't buy pizzas. Mm. We had a bri because we South right. African. Right. We South African, exactly. Um, but that's so cool. it's it's just nice seeing, yeah, seeing the guys actually starting to buy into the car culture. That makes mm. a huge difference having. 
people who care. And I think that's mm. the end of the day. We're talking a lot about cars, but it's about the people. Absolutely. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's about how cars, how we as people experience the cars and how we are a community mm. around it. Um, we Some of us enjoy the Alphas, some of us enjoy the Nissans or whatever. You know, we, we all kind of, you know, get together. And that's it's about how the cars make you feel as a person. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's so cool having, working with people who also, you know, experience it like that. Absolutely. If you don't care, if it's just an appliance. I mean, you may as well do like white, you know, fridges and, you know, stoves. Hey, I sprayed a fridge. There we go. <laughs> I read one for the Alpha Club. Nice. Oh, <laughs> nice. you can go look. Nice. Well, I also want to mention, Stephen is a big Alpha guy. He's got a few cars that I would like to hear about. No way. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we've got time for today. <laughs> so we do, we do need to, we, Stephen needs to tell us about some of the cars that he has. Maybe just the yeah, highlights. Yeah, some okay. of the cars that you So you, you did ask where it all started. Um, my my dad used to crack the joke at any op- given opportunity to say some people are born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Stephen was born with a chrome spanner in his mouth. <laughs> so my dad is not a car guy, but my grandfather and my uncle were huge car guys. So um, And my grandfather lived on a farm, and he had this huge Spice. shed that was full of car parts. Okay, and wait for it, many, many Coopers. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, my uncle had two Mini Coopers, and my dad had a Mini. So my dad bought. I was it's two a bit years disconcerting old. that two Mini Coopers require entire shed. Now my grand, my grandfather was a mechanic at uh, what was it? Uh, Rob Motors in Worcester, which was a, a basically British uh, British Leyland, whatever. Leyland, yeah. So he had all sorts of spares and what, what, what. So anyway, so my dad, when I was two years old, he bought a 1967 Morris Mini Super Deluxe, apparently. Um, Ooh. All right. Um, which <laughs> Super Deluxe mean, meant both windows opened. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Okay, so here's the Mini Anorak part of me. I only later years, my, I remember my grandfather talking about an Aussie spec thing, and I never, so there's a Mark, it's a Mark 1 Mini, so it's got the runs of little round taillights. Or oval taillights. Now you'll know those all have sliding windows. Those horrible yeah, yeah, sliding yeah, yeah. windows. Mine is roll-down windows. Factory. Okay. Mm. So the Aussie spec minis had roll-down windows with little quarter vents. Mm. Um, and the super deluxe thing where it came in, it looks like a Mini Cooper. Except it doesn't have the extra fuel tank. It's got a had it before I was a cool kid. Modify, modified, foolishly <laughs> modified the dashboard. <laughs> um, anyway, so it had the Cooper clocks in. British Racing Green, white roof, oh, uh, Mini Cooper seats in. Um, so it was, it's a little bit special. Um, I'm happy to say, so I, I was a Mini guy. Apart from screaming Blue Murder when I was loaded from the DKW into the Mini, <laughs> I was a Mini guy for life. Um, there's wonderful stories about the family going off on a holiday to Namibia in the Mini, towing a trailer, <laughs> all five of us. The whole trailer yeah. bigger than the Mini. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the best part of this story is all the neighbors around had all bought new cars, okay? And they were all going on holiday at the same time. But it's like all these big gym yeah, machines, yeah, yeah. okay? And they all were ragging my dad about the five of us going to Namibia. Sorry, Southwest Africa. It was, yeah. And don't worry... Give us a call when you break down. We weren't any cell phones. I don't know how you're supposed to do that. But anyway, we'll come <laughs> fetch you. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll come fetch you. We'll come tow you in. And I got told the story by our 
our neighbor across the road who thought this was the best thing ever. Um, she told me the story a couple of times. That's how much she yeah. enjoyed it. So all the neighbors were back within a week due to car problems. <laughs> <laughs> two or three weeks later, we came cruising back. The Mini made it there no and back. No issues. It took two it or three weeks. It was an issue. <laughs> 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 you basically just drove there and turned around and came back. <laughs> I, I was two years old. I don't remember. I just know we went there and we went back. My dad says the only issue that, they had, that he had was on two occasions when he was driving at night, because obviously the Mini's not that quick towing a trailer, the lights just went out. And he'd get a fright and hit the brakes. The moment he uh, hit the brakes, the lights came out. <laughs> so it wasn't too much of a big British wire. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the Lucas wiring harness uh, smoke escaped. Yeah, it's actually it a safety feature. Days. It's there uh. to check that the driver is still awake. Yeah, there we go. Oh, uh, okay. That's, yeah. that's so, what they do. Yeah, so it started off with minis. There was always minis. Um, my one disappointment is that my dad and my uncle had a deal that because uh, he had a turbocharged Mini Cooper S. Oh, wow. True. I'm not sure if it was turbocharged or supercharged. Probably more likely supercharged. Yeah, probably. That is the yeah. more common thing. Anyway, uh, and the deal was that when he would trade his Mini in, um, they would swap mm. and we'd get the Cooper S. Mm. Except he saw this triumph, shiny Triumph chicane standing in the, in, the, in the showroom and he got so excited he forgot about the deal. <laughs> the upside of that is I still have the car that my dad bought when I was two years old. Wow. That's so that's cool. So that's pretty cool. cool. It's yeah. standing in the garage, patiently waiting for its turn. I thought <laughs> buying, a, in, a, buying a panel shop, I'd get my shed full of projects done much more quickly. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so that's where the love affair started with minis. Um, then I'm, I didn't move on. Then I, it, it, I discovered BMWs through Car Magazine when it was still an entertaining Proper read. book. <laughs> Um, and I thought I was I was gonna I was gonna go work for BMW and help them build cars. And I got my first Alpha at oh, four days before my twenty first birthday. And then you turned to the dark side. I that turned to the dark side. <laughs> Sickness. And I actually, only bought my first BMW a couple of years ago when I needed automatic because I broke my ankle. <laughs> and so it's since been sold. It's since been sold. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I still have my wagon. So, yeah, so it was Alphas, 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 or Alphas. And then there's this little thing about Jeeps. Because they're nice to go fetch old cars with. And, and yeah, and, and we're talking about Jeep. That's how I started learning, or, or how I always imagined Stephen was with the Jeep. You. Uh, that, that, that he unfortunately told us now he had to sell, or not had to, but I mean, sold hmm. back now, but... But I remember him with the Jeep and then Yeah, Stephen has I, this this very impressive Jeep. Gold digger. Yeah, the thing has wheels bigger than it looks like Bigfoot and it's got special it the whole thing flexes. If you wanna go like up a mountain straight up, then that would kinda be the core. <laughs> or, or up a tree. Up a tree. That, thing <laughs> Whereas is, the, the, the white Jeep that he's now got that's parked outside looks more like it's just going to flatten the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Rather yeah. than go up it. Just <laughs> there we go. But I must also just to give you guys an idea of how crazy Stephen is about Alphas. Um I know Stephen from the Alpha Club from like quite a few years ago, probably mm. like twenty years ago almost. Easy. Um we've been together in the Alpha Club. Um and Stephen's been uh, multiple times. Stephen has been the uh, chairman of the Cap Alpha Romeo Club. Mm. So that's how serious he is about yeah. Alphas. He's mm. even helped my wife with her Alpha. Before I lived in Cape Town, she, she does, got... Does, does, does uh, Alphas 
require a lot of help? No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just some fluid you forgot to put into the engine oh, at one okay. point. You know, you know it, was, like it was just oil. <laughs> some water, some water may have escaped. You know, that's all. It's very much like the German radiators. It's very much yeah. like Toyotas never break. You speak to a Toyota owner who's cars just come back on a low bit. They'll tell you it's not the Toyota that broke. It was this little component. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with Alpha, it's, it's, it's either it's, like a Bosch electronic component. It's normally a Bosch. It's normally a Bosch. Yeah, or yeah. like a, some German radiator or something. Mm. Oh, the, the German stuff that's it's incompatible a, with yeah. the emissione. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It just it's it's like the old British cars. That's why you buy on the internet, you can buy bottles of Lucas wiring harness smoke. Yeah, because when the smoke because comes out. when the smoke out, it comes out in the Electric yeah, smoke escapes. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to <laughs> refill the smoke every once yes. in a while and make sure that it, it's sealed up. And you can check it, it's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, uh, we now hear about alphas, we hear about uh, minis, we hear about jeeps. Um, tell us about Snowy. Snowy. Snowy's, oh, Snowy's quite special. Snowy. Um, is a 1983 Alpha Sud. Well, in South African terms, it's actually Alpha Super Hatch. Um, belonged to my um, Standard 2 teacher, who <laughs> passed away earlier this year. Um, was a total Alpha nut herself. You can actually, yeah. she's oh, actually more, she was more, she's more of an interesting topic almost than, than what Snowy is. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so she, in standard, when I was in Standard 2, she had a little yellow, um, alpha suit, metal bumper jobby. And later years she bought a, bought this, uh, bought Snowy. Um, and Snowy was the demo model of the Worcester Alfa Romeo dealership. So she's got a couple of extra little. Probably specced with all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, all the, the yeah, tick boxes. all the both all extras the, are yeah. on there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there were actually a couple of things that I'd, I'd never seen before on a suit. So that was quite special. Snowy's got, 54,000 Ks on. Wow. wow. And not a speck of rust. In 40 years. In 40 years. Uh, so she lived in a garage in in dry Worcester. And the furthest that Snowy ever drove with Miss, Miss, with Miss Dreyer was a couple of trips to Hermanus. So, so no. <laughs> yeah. School and home and so um, I went to see her many years ago and I said, listen, one day, if you ever decide to sell this car, please, my name on it. And, um, and that was the approach that quite, worked quite well because everybody was knocking on her door wanting to buy this car now. Yeah. And she was as big an alpha nut as what I am. Um, and she said to me, oh, everybody's always wanting, I can't bear the thought of this car, just seeing this car with a big sound system driving mm, up yeah, and down yeah. and just going to pieces. Um, and yeah, and then one day I got the phone call and she said to me, it's time you can come and fetch her. Oh, that's cool. So, and I, sort of also, I was helping her look after the car because, mm. and she'd also reached the point that the, the mechanics in Worcester who just mm. didn't oh, understand right, alphas yeah. were, were actually busy screwing the car. Yeah. Um, I tried to drive it home and I got five Ks out of Worcester and it just overheated spec. Spectacularly. And I managed to crawl back to my folks' house and then went back to Worcester and uh, to back home and fetched the gear and towed it home. 
And I actually made a promise to her that I would win the concourse with this car. And only after getting back home realized it was in, I think, two or three months' time. And uh, <laughs> I think I put in about 100, I added it up, it was about 160 hours that I put in after work every night. I'd come oh, home wow. And resprayed the, I first had it sort of the cooling products, all the Welsh plugs were rusted. Uh, and I resprayed. Yeah, no antifreeze. Mm. It's still, uh, before I even I drove it to my folks' place, and the first thing I checked was the timing belts, and it still had the original Alfa Romeo timing belts on. Ooh. I don't think they'd ever been changed. <laughs> um, and this was twen- 2006 on a 1983 car. Sure. Um, I still that, got them because they've got the Alfa Romeo logos on. So um, That motor was on borrowed time. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I, I resprayed the engine bay, I cleaned everything out. The car's an absolute time cap, time machine. Wow. This thing about the downside of that is I'm too terrified to drive it in yep. case something happens to it. And did you make it to the Conocos in town? Yes, and she won. Oh, wow. That's wow. awesome. I, well, um, I guess her reaction to that was also like... Well, I went through, I so wanted cool. to actually, I wanted her to keep the floating trophy until the yes. following year, which she refused to do. But okay. I've got photos of it. And I but got, I mean, to her, that to must do. have been so cool. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. So, and a couple of years later, what we did is I organized a run through to the Alpha Club, ach, through to Worcester. Yes. Um, and we went and I said, oh, you want to have breakfast with you. And, and the whole con, uh, the, uh, it was when Jan's first year as, as oh, yes. chairman. Yes. And I said to him, listen, can we do something special? Yeah. And um, we actually rocked up there with a convoy. How cool is that? Um, and we loaded up. I didn't go through the suit because I was terrified something would happen to her. <laughs> so we loaded it in the GTA and we, um, yeah, so she was, that's, that's awesome. just pretty special. Very cool. So, and she died earlier this year at the age of 101. Wow. wow. So sure. if you want to stay young, drive an Alfa Romeo. Here we go. That's a top tip. Here we go. I think that's a, that's a top tip we can probably end on. Um, <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for season one. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Stephen, once again, thank you for the support. Thanks for the opportunity. And yeah, if all goes well, we are hoping, what are we saying, guys? Like January next year? Yeah. Season two? Yep. Season two of induction. Noise, 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 noise. Yeah, that that wasn't an effect or very well done. But uh, we'll work on that. Season two of Induction Noise will be coming your way in 2024. Yep. And hopefully with more stories, more laughs, and even better cars than Camrys and Passats. Um, <laughs> and maybe Neil will join us as well next year. I think he's still deciding. Who blew my funny missed event? That is a quote for the ages. Yeah. So uh, who who wants to do it? I, I feel like I feel like Stephen Stephen has to have the honours of, of of signing us out on this one. You know the 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 uh, you know what he said at the end of an know, episode. Yeah. Seems I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start. Let's start by Andre. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is it, guys. Uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Neil, any words of wisdom? Yeah, you're just with me. So, Neil, now you have to go to Alpha, because you can't get out. Oh, I'm going to go to Alpha.